Hello and welcome to The Haunted. I'm Freddie Young. And I'm Vanessa Mitchell. And you can't see us, but we're doing jazz hands. Da, 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 da. You can hear a rattling. Yeah. Rattle, rattle. Ooh, we are doing I don't know why. It was an impromptu <laughs> thing. It certainly wasn't planned. So, <laughs> I don't know if um, all of you follow us on social media, but I did post a little picture yesterday on there teasing as to what this week's episode would be. I think some of you may have got it, but this week we are visiting Salem. 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 We did mention it actually a couple we of weeks. We did mention it a few weeks ago and but then listen, we had to change it. Everyone's got a short memory, so they might have forgotten. <laughs> so what we are going to be focusing on today is obviously visiting Salem. We are going to be looking into the witch trials. We're going to um, be doing some history around that. And then we're going to look into some of the famous locations from that and some of the hauntings that have been subsequent from the, the, the witch trials. So we would have had Sergeant Major on this evening, but unfortunately, she's in a location unknown. <laughs> yeah. she's been, We've only been waiting half an hour for her to... She's uh, been deployed overseas. Yeah. Uh, and... We don't know she might she'll have be gone back. on a historical mission of so. Oh, his, maybe she's on an archaeological dig. She's that Indiana Jones. In she's Sutton Who. She does like a bit of archaeological digging. She's currently got crystal skull in hand, being chased yeah. by boulders. She's like um, Indiana Jones, but the female version. Female, but um, India Jones. India Jones, yeah. India Jones. Okay, so, so but you're going to read out her research. I've got all the research. Listen, I won't give you the context like she does because mine's all guesswork, but hers is fact. Fact. Facts are facts, America. Yeah, can't so. deny with the facts. Scientific fact, historical fact. Although I often try to um, argue with it, to be honest. Her yeah, historical listen, fact. if it wasn't for people like you arguing, we'd have no... Legends and myths and things that weren't necessarily written down. All the fun would be gone. Yeah, because not much of it was written down, let's be honest. Let's be honest, lesbian friends. So... <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> this is going to be one of those shows. It's we've already done jazz hands. So you've just said lesbian friends, and um, we've accused our them shows. historian of being a intrepid overseas archaeologist. I just think it's going to be one of them. Shall we get going? We will get going. So, guys and gals, are you sitting down? Good. Then I'll begin. Our story starts in Salem, Massachusetts, which is in America. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it is an area that used to be inhabited by the Native American people. And then as the European settlers arrived early 1600s, they were exposed to new diseases for which they had no natural immunity. Yeah. And in 1619, as many as 90% died from an outbreak of leptospirosis, followed by further bouts of scarlet fever, smallpox and the flu. Because the, the, the Indians didn't have any of these diseases, did they? They just didn't exist in, in there, um, you know, the way they lived. And of course, when the settlers came in, they brought every bloody everything, thing. Everything. And of course they had, and they dropped like flies, bless them. Much like COVID right now. Yeah, God, mm. that's another story. So, in effect, their numbers were far too small to put up any resistance to the few hundred settlers who colonised the area in 1626. Their numbers were increased with the arrival of around a thousand during the summer of 1630. So, by 1640, the first Church of Salem was built 
in to house the devout Puritan population who had fled England as they felt they were unable to practice their religion in safety in England as they clashed with the Church of England. So that's something um, quite famously documented, quite a lot of people know, especially our English listeners would know and understand. We're, you know, we're talking Henry VIII times. He went yep. on a rampage around England. Yeah. Destroying all the statues, killing yeah. all the priests. Dissolution of the monasteries. Yeah, it all went a bit wrong. So they, all his wives. So they all went over to the new land. Yeah, they wanted to go. I'd have gone. I'd have gone, probably. probably gone, it's a bit yeah. of a laugh, isn't it? Known as the Great Migration, between 1620 and 1640, some 80,000 people left England for either New England, Ireland, the Netherlands or the West Indies. In other words, they were all getting out of Dodge. They were all Why getting out could. of Dodge. Uh, roughly around 20,000 people went to each. Mm-hmm. The English Civil War followed on shortly after uh, in 1641 and that effectively brought all migrations to a halt and in some cases reversed it as many returned back to the UK when the Puritan Cromwell ousted the king. Right, yeah, Cromwell, yeah. Yeah. The events of 1692-1693 put Salem well and truly on the map. It is a location known far and wide, and the events I'm about to tell you about are, well, listen, go, I mean, just, legend. Just everybody's legendary. heard of Salem. Everybody has. The town still remembers its heritage, which we was talking about, didn't we? So um, I read somewhere that, Come Halloween, 250,000 people descend on the town on Halloween to get a little slice of the pie. You know, they've, they've really lent into their witchy background. And uh, we, we were saying uh, probably one of the main reasons for this is because in high schools in America, um, we understand that they actually, they actually have to study Salem in their history. So it becomes well known for the students, so everyone knows about it. So I would imagine that's why that amount of volume of people, because everybody. But it's much. Um, it's much of how like us in the UK we learn about the Tudors and things like that. Yeah. So everyone in the UK, everyone knows King Henry VIII, the six wives, and all the things that went on. Yeah. It's it's a, a real rich part of our heritage. And and, and I think likewise. It's extremely yeah. For that to be taught in high schools, then yeah, obviously it's um, you know. So with that. When you visit Salem, or if you're ever fortunate enough to visit Salem, you'll be greeted with a plethora of witch images. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Classic witch images. So you think pointy hat, broomstick, black hat on the back. It is on the police cars. It is all the shops sell some kind of witchy something. Yeah, memorabilia. Um, there's even a uh, what we would have as a primary school, uh, elementary school. Oh. Over there, oh, look at that, called Witchcraft Heights. I'd like to have gone oh, there. Really? I'd like that, that's cool. Uh, the high school uh, football team or athletics team are called the Witches. And um, yeah, they've really lent into it. I think much to the dismay to some of the locals, I think they uh, have yeah. grown tiresome maybe of this. But yeah. nonetheless, it's a huge tourism puller. It it you know brings a lot of money yeah. into the into into the place so you know you've got to take the rough with the smooth well sometimes. if they don't like it they can move out of course i would suggest off you go off your trot so we will talk about this location um a little bit more detail after the history segment but the only structure remaining 
from the time of the witch trials is the home of the judge, uh, Jonathan Corwin. Mm. And that was built around 1640 and it is a museum today. And it's a really iconic location from Salem. Most people would have seen an image of it. It's completely black, wooden, slatted house. Really iconic. I will post pictures of, of the things that we speak about today on, on all our social media. So if, if, you, if you're struggling to picture it, head on over there, have a quick look. So now we're going to go into the, the trials themselves. So they begin or the story begins in January 1692. And there is a nine-year-old girl, and she's the daughter of the vicar, who is the Reverend Samuel Paris. Betty and her 11-year-old cousin, Abigail Williams, begin to suffer from violent fits that saw them throw things, scream, crawl around the room and under furniture, and they would twist their bodies into, say, a strange position. So I'm that kind of conjures up images... Of the exorcist for me well i mean they said they were possessed by the devil so that would so it makes sense fitting yeah fitting mm. they said they felt like they were being pricked with pins all over their bodies that's strange i didn't know that mm. um unsurprisingly though the local dr griggs could find no medical reason for this behavior and then it began to spread to the other young girls in the village including his orphaned niece elizabeth who lived with him as his maid servant. Well, that's right. a disgrace in itself. One visiting preacher had his sermons regularly interrupted by such behaviour while actually in church. Three women were accused of inflicting these symptoms on four girls, one of whom was Tichuba, and that was actually the slave of Samuel Paris, and he, like we said, is, is the vicar. Yeah. And she was uh, the first to be accused. So Samuel is a controversial figure and people weren't necessarily with him. He didn't have everyone's support at this point. And many felt that he was overzealous and greedy and saw some of the traits as hypocritical. So by February, two local magistrates questioned the girls who then accused Tichaba. A homeless woman called Sarah Goods and an elderly pauper called Sarah Osborne. So, in essence, the they were women who were unable to defend themselves. They were easy targets, and none of them had any men to defend them. Mm, mm. Both of the Sarahs denied all accusations, but Tichaba confessed that the devil had made her do it. However. Much with these things, it is possible that she was coerced into this confession. Well, she must have been because they weren't witches and it never happened. So, and she, they certainly wouldn't have admitted it. So, obviously, they were. Or, you know, she genuinely did believe, you know, these are God fearing times. Uh, she genuinely did believe that she may have had some hand in causing the symptoms, or I don't know. We weren't there. We'll never know. I'd, I'd, I'd say no. I would uh, side with the first as opposed to the latter. <laughs> I'm good at this, aren't I? The accusations spread throughout the colony and dozens were questioned. And by June 10th, the first woman died um, at what was known as Gallows Hill. Now, I'll, Common name for that type of I thing. I will go on to contest this. But oh. this is our historical. This oh, is right, what we'll okay. go with for now. Five were sentenced and hung 
in July, five in August and eight in September. All under the, oh, here we go. Oya and Terminal Court. Oya and Terminal Court. That was given the powers to hand out the sentence. So basically, the the, the court, the judges, yeah, the court were, and the judge, yeah, that, that were given the power to say, "Listen, you can hang whoever you like, hang the hang the hang, hang the witch, hang, hang the all. witch." So as time went on, the type of people who were accused started to change. So it was no longer the poor or you know the defenceless or even the, the kind of the Caribbean slaves that the people had. These were now married women, stepmothers, children, men, even a minister, uh, George Burroughs. Yes, so it's a bloody great big free-for-all now. Uh, now it's everywhere. People are going wild. So the minister, George, he managed to successfully recite the Lord's Prayer during his execution, oh. which stunned the crowd as they believed that a witch could not say it. And so as part of the court processes... They accepted that and... They know. accepted he was innocent, but he, he died anyway. Yep. Yep. As, as time went on and as the hysteria grew, they started to accept spectral evidence. Yes. Which meant that the person who was being attacked could see the spectral form or figure of the person that was attack, attacking them. Yes. Um, even though it could be proved that they were somewhere else at the time. So yeah. it could be like, well, they was in the pub and everyone in the town was there. No, but they, their no. spectre come and did yes, all the damage. Got, of course, yeah. Anything just to get the get the conviction. You know, this obviously at the time was very controversial and the hearings come under fire of a particular uh, Puritan minister called Increase... What? Martha. Show me. Martha. Point to it. I can't see. In, called Increase. Oh, Increase, yeah. Yeah, cool. Ma Martha. Yeah. And he was the president of Harvard University. Goodness sake. He's, he's a high-standing man and he said, hang on yeah. a minute, this ain't right. Yeah. Uh, he's also a friend of the following gentleman. So, Sir William Phipps was the first governor of Massachusetts and became involved... Although he never visited Salem during a time or spoke to anybody that was accused. Mm. He cancelled a death sentence of one woman in June, but under pressure from others, withdrew his decision and she was hung. In the oh, end. my God. Pathetic. He decided to distance himself from the whole situation, was but dragged back into the fray so that September. So gave up, basically. Thought, oh, sod this, is a bit too much like hard work. A bit too much hard work. He went, I'm not getting involved. Yeah. And um, Let them all die. But listen, come September, his own wife ah. became one of the accused. Ah. At this point, he stepped back in, stepped back in and cancelled all of the powers of the court, um, which was run by Chief Justice William Stoughton, and he set up a new court. Mm. However, plot thickens. The local people again elected the Chief Justice William Stoughton to run the court, and he just carried on as before. Even oh, for arranging God's for sake. graves, for eight graves to be dug in readiness before the court had even started. So he knew what he was yeah. like, right, dig the graves, I'm doing it. Strange man. Um, however, Sir William Phipps stepped in and overrode 
all of the execution orders and prevented any further arrests and refused to allow spectral evidence um, in the court. So the Chief William Justice, Chief Justice William, I should say, I should say, was so cross that Phipps had overridden him that he quit. And then, obviously, he had to be replaced with somebody else. <laughs> he was so cross that he it's quit. He's so cross. That's it. I've had enough. Yeah. I'm off. So, obviously, there had to be a replacement. And the new replacement was more inclined to mercy. And no more were condemned to death. And by May 1693, everyone that was in... No, I, don't, I don't want to call it custody, but everyone that was yeah. being held had been released. However, okay. though, it was too late for the 19 people, including a man in his 80s who was pressed to death. So um, I will talk about this a little bit more because there is a really interesting story that goes with this. But how this works is, is he was placed, you know, laying down on the ground with uh, wooden slats on top of him. And they would then place large and heavy stones on top of him until he until he you know was slowly crushed to death slowly crushed to death i will go into more detail on this very very shortly but poor old boy in his 80s being pressed to death I'm you can imagine he lived that long in them days to be fair yeah that's he a, had a good innings at 80 in them days maybe they just assumed he was 80 could have yeah, been in probably. his 40s had hard life yeah probably was yeah uh, so his name is giles giles corey and obviously his wife then was arrested and um being caught up in the hysteria he he believed her to be guilty initially and then three days later he was charged and in her place to be crushed to death um so he thought his wife was involved he thought he was caught up in the hysteria of it all his wife was arrested and he thought 100 she's in oh she's definitely she's involved. definitely involved this is it yeah and, uh, <laughs> and then he, the, the, the tables and, and, and then they come and got him three days later. Well, listen, I did have a bit of sympathy for you, but... Yeah, I don't anymore. Ha. So, again, you know, I will talk about this again in a little while, but he denied all the charges and refused uh, to plead guilty or innocent. Yeah. And so without the plea, he couldn't be prosecuted. Yeah. And so over time, they ordered more and more weights to be placed on him. Um, and in an attempt to get him to plead guilty, innocent, whatever. Uh, the sheriff who was in charge of placing the rocks even stood on, on the rocks. Uh, to jumped up and down a bit. Jumped up and down Did a bit. Did he get some rather more rotund people to do the same? Well, you know, a bit, no a bit one more was rotund on in them days. Oh, that's true, yeah. No, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. No one was rotund. Unfortunately... Poor Giles suffered this for three days and, and did die of a heart attack. Um, <laughs> his wife uh, then died uh, at the gallows three days later after him. Right. So you, you think otherwise, because we've had this conversation before, but historically, I think it's documented because we've got it in the history section that some feel that the extreme nature of his torture and death was a bit of a turning point in the tide of support for the witch trials and um people then started to kind of back you know the opposite because they thought well this listen this is just barbaric yeah no i do agree with that 
but I think that that there was another reason as well. I well, think you give both. you give that to me now, quick, okay? Because right. I didn't know this. This is interesting. Yeah. Okay. Stop rustling your papers well, around. You're not on right the news. Yeah. Okay. So there was <laughs> there was a lady called Mary Eastley. Now Mary Eastley was sixty years old. Um, she was accused of obviously witchcraft, and um, she was executed. Um, now, one of the townsfolk said that they saw her ghost um, and she had sworn to make revenge on the townsfolk because she was innocent and she'd come back and she was going to um, obviously, you know, take revenge on the townsfolk. Now, obviously, the person who the, the ghost appeared to told everyone else and, of course, everyone believed it because they believed all that type of stuff. And then, um, so my version of the story goes, it was then, the law was also then changed, that evidence, proper evidence, had to be given um, of those who were accused of witchcraft, basically making it impossible for trials to continue. Because, of course, there was, there was no, no evidence. There was no evidence. But, yeah, so we can say the legend or the myth in this, it was because of the spirit of Mary Eastley, and that's what the townsfolk said. Oh, my God, she's come back to us. We've done something terrible. She was innocent. Now she's going to ruin us all. We better change this. Because, of course, they were terrified of anything like that. Oh, of course. And they believed her. They believed the it's, ghost. It's a very fearful time and a very scary time to be alive. So I... I it's probably a bit of both. You probably know, it's a bit of both. Yeah, probably a bit of both stories. Um... Similar to Mary Eastley, uh, Giles, upon his death, placed a curse on the town. Yeah. And I would have done exactly the same thing. Um, since then, every subsequent sheriff has resigned or died because of blood or heart issues. And this has only stopped... Uh, in 1991, when they moved the sheriff's office from Salem to Middleton, which is just uh, like... Oh, isn't that interesting bit of um, trivia? So I will go on now, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit more in detail about the the curse and Giles Corey, because it's quite an interesting story. So that yeah. is your history lesson for today. I know we didn't talk, um, go into loads and loads of detail, the kind of some of the accusations made, but I promise you, if you did that, we'd be here for 10 years. But they are the very kind of, it's a very um, comprehensive fact. I mean, I think it's this worth, is, uh, an outline. worth mentioning um, that 20 were eventually executed, but over 200 were arrested. So quite a few got away with it. So the hysteria was, I mean, we're talking within a three-month time period, over 200 arrests. So you can see how they would have said that and, and it's And it's not a huge, huge place, especially at that time. There's not a great deal of people. Also, I want to point out as well, it transpired that the girls who originally said they were possessed and started accusing people of the witchcraft, it turns out they were all related or connected in some way their families were all related and connected in some way um but all the the, the first lot of people before the history hysteria really took over um connected to um you know the, the, the children's family all the people that were accused um their family were fighting over land grants so it would appear like the family have said, right, accuse these ones because um, we can take all their land. It was always over land grants. And they say, oh, isn't that funny? We've got a dispute with these four children's families. Oh, and, oh, and all of a sudden they're a witch. 
So they lost, they, they, you know, they were executed. They lost all the land anyway. Um, and so, so they were killed for, for, for false purposes. So because I will go, so with Giles Corey, there's something similar and you'll get to learn and understand why people, um, why they might have done that. Mm. Because it's, again, a lot to do with the land uh, yeah. and kind of um, passing down wheels and, and things yeah. like that. So yeah. I will explain that a little bit more. So obviously... We're going to talk about Giles Corey quickly, the the eighty year old man who was crushed to death. So, obviously, his wife was accused of witchcraft, and then him three days later. So, it was one of his accusers claimed that she had seen Corey appear as a spirit before her, and she then claimed that the his spirit tortured her and forced her to pledge her soul to the devil. So that's how his accusation come about. Yeah. So, obviously, we mentioned Corey refused to plead either guilty or innocent because under the law at the time, a person who did not plead couldn't be tried for a crime. Yeah. But there's a bit of a loophole, which means that the law can subject a person to hard and forceful punishment. Mm. And that is obviously an, an, an attempt to get them to plead. Yeah. So they then... Um, like I said, lay the wooden boards across his body, naked body, mm. I might add, even, you know, it's even more humiliating. Cold. I mean, what if it was bloody Well, no, it was September 17th, so it's not too... September, oh, yeah, goodness. it's not particularly... Yeah. Well, it's not warm, warm, is it? I was cold this morning, Jesus. Um, and, yeah, so and slowly heavy stones are added, are added so it's de essentially death by pressing. So it is said that he endured all of this for three days without crying out in pain. And he was asked three times to enter his plea. And each time he said, no, more weight. Mm. And was it uh, stubborn to the end. So obviously, like we said, Corey died on the third day, but not before he uttered his curse. And he uttered it on the town of Salem and the sheriff of the town. And since he died without being tried, and this is where it comes into the land and stuff, all of his land and assets remained in his name, which meant that they could be passed to his children. Because if he had pleaded, the the land and his possessions would have been claimed by the yeah, government, which yeah. meant he left his family with nothing. nothing yeah. So that's, again, it all ties in, doesn't it? It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. All of this, to me, strikes as power grabbing yeah, and yeah. trying to just you know, take over and grab what I mean, you can. You think about it, if that was legal these days and you wanted something off someone and all you had to do was accuse them of being a witch, listen, people would be doing it. If oh, you I'd take their house oh, and all their stuff. Yeah. So it's not a stretch and it's not out of the way to believe this is all over there. Oh, they're witches and they wouldn't have cared they're all executed because they're thinking, oh, happy days. We've got all their farms and all their land. Yeah. And you, you haven't got to come up with solid evidence. It ain't even no, as if you you've got like, to shave all your hair off and say, oh, they've made all my hair fall out. You just say, when you they visited me in a dream and all my hair fell out and then they'd go, goodness. Well, wrong. as you say that, I'm going to... I think it's a good time to tell this, my, my last bit of information I have, when you're saying about solid evidence. Now, um, there was a lady um, called um, Alice Parker. Now, John Westgate was in the pub in the local tavern with Alice Parker's husband. Now, Alice came in to get her husband because it had gone past 10 o'clock and obviously was spending the shopping money or whatever. And she told him to, you know, to come on, get out. Well, of course, he didn't want to go. He felt quite embarrassed. But his friend, John Westgate, who he was drinking with, said later on that he'd seen her outside the tavern 
but she had uh, the body of a hog, otherwise a pig, but it was the face of her, it was the face of Alice. So he accused her of being um, a spectral pig, i.e. a ghost pig. And he accused this as witchcraft, and she was indeed executed. Now, this man was very drunk. He accused her of it, although she wasn't actually there. All because he didn't want his mate to go home. All because he didn't want his, his mate, mate to go home. Now, again, his mate could have said, oh, listen, accuse her. She's driving me mad. I, all I want to do is get pissed, and she's getting me to go home. He could have said, or oh, accuse her. Anyway, either way, so just the time what you said, no. No evidence <coughs> at all was needed. No. Um, now, Giles Corey, back to Giles, is quite a, a big figure from, from the trials and his ghost is believed to be seen walking the Howard Street Cemetery, which is in Salem. Yeah. Um, his ghost is only meant to be seen, though, before a major disaster hits the town. Right. So he was allegedly allegedly seen the night before the great salem fire of 1914 now when i read that i thought oh goodness you know a barn burnt down no mm. it was horrific so uh, a fire started and tore through salem's leather manufacturing district after being ignited in boston street and it burnt for two days it left nearly half of the town's population homeless and jobless and it destroyed 1400 buildings that's a lot, yeah. That's a lot. Many believe, though, that it was his revenge. That was his... Yeah. That was his last act of revenge to, yeah. you know, punish the town. Now, this is the bit I enjoy most. So, obviously, we said, he, you know, on on his death, placed a curse on the town and on the sheriff for inflicting the, the torture on him. Mm. Now, ever since that curse... Every person who has taken the position of the Sheriff of Essex County, which would fall under Salem, has, and ever since that Sheriff, has died or resigned to blood or heart conditions. Yeah. So, I'm jumping way, way forward now. We're in 1978, and the, the current Sheriff of that time was a man called Robert E. Carhill. And he was forced to, to retire due to developing a rare blood condition and heart problems. So he then started, you know, looking into the history of the department of the sheriff's office. And he discovered the pattern that the sheriff before him had also developed a rare blood condition. And the sheriff before that had died of a heart attack. And then the sheriff before that had also died of this. And, and literally just went the, back The and chain back was and all back. linking up, yeah. yeah. And, you know, we mentioned it before, but the, the curse was broken when they moved the sheriff's office from Salem to Middleton. Well, that's the most interesting point, because you can say, OK, well, I mean, blood disorders, they could be quite common, heart attacks, well, heart, very you know, common. It's, but it's, but it's, a, it's a stressful job, so, you know, you, you, you can, can... You can talk away some of some it. Some of it, but you cannot deny that when the, the sheriff's office was moved... That, that link was broken. You know, that is the science classical of a curse, isn't it? And I think that's fantastically interesting. I like that. Yeah, I do. I like that. So now I'm going to go into some of the more famous locations of Salem. I know that fa uh, Salem has a fantastic paranormal connection. And mm -hmm. there are some great, great locations and some great, great stories that because we've looked into the history of the witch trials, I've gone for locations that are connected to the witch trials. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to start off with the Joshua Ward House. 
Yes, okay. So it's named after its owner, Joshua Ward, and he was a very successful merchant during um, the time that it was built. Mm. Um, he passed away and Salem took ownership of the residence and eventually it served as kind of like an apartment building kind of thing. Yeah, so it, yeah. it's, had, it's had a very varied history. Um, so the Joshua Ward house is built on the same grounds that the Sheriff Corwin lived in. So if you remember, he is the sheriff yeah. that would have led the torture and the questioning yeah. of, of those who were accused. Um, and he would, it is in this location that he would have done all of them terrible things. So, obviously, on, on, the, on the grounds and in that location, some of the kind of techniques he would use to extract confessions earned him the nickname The Strangler. So, there is one uh, method of interrogation that he used, which involved him tying the neck of his victims to their ankles tightly with rope until blood, blood gushed out of their noses. Yeah. That's like, yeah. that takes some doing. That's not, it's awful. Listen. Um, not only did he use the house for his interrogations, but it's also rumoured that he used his basement in this home to torture and victimise the accused, whether they were, you know, witches or not, which they wasn't, I don't think. Um, his methods were so severe that they would often pledge their allegiance to Satan just to stop what he was doing to them. Really? Yes. Yeah, so, so really, really, really horrific, horrific stuff. Yeah. On the grounds of this house. So... There's a lot of bad energy left. There's there. a... There's that a leaves lot a lot of, of bad juju. Yeah, yeah. So... There is a really, really famous photo taken in this location, which again, I will upload to all of our social media. So make sure you follow them so you can see it. I've got a picture of it now. Vanessa, you've got I mean, seen I, it. I, I, you showed me this just before we started this and I'm like, what? I mean, this I is, would say uh, that is maybe one of the best photographs of a spirit I've ever well, seen. Well, the first thing I said to you, is that real? And it's perceived to be real, isn't it? They're saying it's a real picture, yeah, but so my God. It's... It was taken by a realtor, which is, I think is an estate agent. Estate agent, yeah. Uh, called Dow Lewinsky. And it is a, a, a dark figure of a woman. It seems that she's got come, some kind of like shroud around her head almost. Well, to me, that looks like wild hair. Or wild to me, hair, that looks be. like hair, just But wild you can hair. see the ends of the sleeves, her hands, her face. You can literally face, see her eyes, her eyes, nose, mouth, her nose. mouth, her hands, her fingers. I mean, it's look at the detail on the hands. I mean, I, I think this is a fantastic picture. I think so her definitely, energy definitely. With please his, follow us so you can view this yeah, image. I think her energy must be so strong in there. To get a picture of that detail, her energy is strong and very, very present. That's a great picture, guys. You, you need to go to that. Um. So... Obviously, uh, the realtor said that the, it wasn't there in the original shot, and the it's undergone some really rigorous testing. Yeah, yeah. It shows no sign of tampering. Yeah. There have been various theories to try and explain it away. None of them have really succeeded. Yeah. Look, it is what it is. It's you know. It's a bit an, an amazing, amazing piece of evidence, picture, whatever you want mm. to call it. Um, please try and check it out. So, obviously, uh, the strangler yeah. or the sheriff, we go back to him. So, multiple people 
in the house had been strangled by an unseen pair of hands whilst visiting. Um, which again, you know, that's that's him. That's his spirit that's still there. He's, yeah. He, yeah. Would you then consider him then maybe to be earthbound to that place because of the things he done, or is he that wicked that he chose choose to stay? Or? I I think he would be an earthbound because when you and you know and they believed in those days there was judgment, and so at death they wouldn't have wanted to go um, to, to be judged and to have punishments, and a lot of them you know a lot of spirits as we know stay earthbound because they don't want to get there. Um, you know, they, they don't they don't want to be judged. They're scared of it. And, you know, actually, so, that's, we've mentioned that for a few times. Yeah. So, you know, the jailer from the cage is a spirit that it, we believe that doesn't want, to, doesn't want yeah. to face the judgment. Yeah. yeah. Um, Chillingham Castle, what was his John name? John Sage, the torturer. Again, doesn't want to face his judgment. Yeah. These people were so wicked and the things they'd done were so awful that they can't bear to face... What's but the, the, also the interesting thing is, is when they stay, they build in strength and evilness over the years. You know, obviously their personalities still stay the same after death. But after many, many years, it grows and festers and they become a lot worse than they were in the bloody first place. But yeah, I definitely think and, and especially ghosts that physically attack um, again. Just 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 earth bounds, strong um, earth bounds, so negative earth bounds. This this. It's not. This is not a kind of one-off incident. This is something that happens regularly yeah, and yeah. to a lot of people. Yes. Yeah. So he's a very angry man. Again, like you say, like the jailer in the cage. Yeah. Lots and lots of activity from him. Um, another strange thing that happens in the house. Now, I have never ever heard of this, so I'd love to hear your opinion. Yeah. There are reports of warm, half half melted candle wax that appears in rooms with no candles that no one's been in mm. what's what's that about i mean i would say that would be um so if say 200 years ago they obviously had the candles burning there um but would but they can they, they're touching it that's well, how they yeah, know that it's half melted and warm yeah of course it can physically manifest the same as like wax can the same as lots of lots of other things lots of other um you know, material objects. It's a, it's a, it's a, I've not really, I've not really heard, I've never heard of anything like that. It's quite strange. Oh yeah, well, I have. But you know, if you, if you, if you, we, we would have discussed Casey, but we, we would have said, mentions stuff like this. I'm sure. And if, and if we haven't, maybe that's a, a checklist to do for one of our materialization, no, material, a porting, all of those types of things. Actually, that's probably a good. Show for us okay. we'll do that in the future it's yeah. added to the list um also <coughs> as well people um have um sudden unexplained scratches and burns that appear on on themselves yeah and again, again it's classic which, yeah. which is all it all connects with this you know man dubbed the strangler mm. so obviously the um joshua ward house he, he's open to the public and has employees and They've they've recounted some tales where they'd sit alone in the offices after hours doing the paperwork and going through the day's takings or whatever. Um, all of them, every single one, have said that they knew they were never alone mm. and that the house was very busy mm. and every room always felt occupied, like there was like hustle yeah, and bustle. Yeah, you can feel it, can't you? Yeah. They again, as well, would often catch sideways glances of shadowy figures. Um, you know, but they they live with this, 
and you know they kind of shrug it off but the worst one and this makes me feel sick so there is a young man and he is working in the office and sees the shadow figure glide past the door he looks and goes oh whatever turns around looks at the computer and sees what he describes as a lady in black glaring right into his eyes a couple of inches from his face. What, so the reflection? So he looks at his computer and he can see the that reflection. That was my there. understanding of it. Yeah. And I went, so it's directly behind him? No, in front of him. So Oh, okay. Uh, has kind of, like, I don't know, almost embodied. Oh, right, yeah, okay. Yeah, that, that's spooky stuff in it. I mean, that's, a, that's a big that fat would, no from me. That would terrify the most hardened, seasoned investigators, wouldn't it? Of course it would. Um, so the, <coughs> that is the Joshua Ward House, a very, very famous location in Salem. Uh, if you're ever fortunate enough to be in Salem, visit all these places. They're all museums. They're wonderful. They're great, great places. Again, I'd love to go to Salem. Love to go. If there's any kind of TV producers yes, that, that want <laughs> to um, film me and Vanessa going to Salem, we're, we're happy to for, the, for a fee. But you keep on saying that now, and um, it's been a big fat zero so far. Thus so. far. Listen, don't ask, don't get. <laughs> so we move on to um, a location that is called the Salem Witch House. Right. And this is the, the house I mentioned earlier. Oh, yeah, it yeah. is a deep matte black. Um, it's quite a foreboding stru structure. I will post a picture of this because it's a really iconic location. To look at it, it kind of... Um, it is it's, it's foreboding you know it, it feels heavy to look at and this is the original um house mm. from so, so this is the only standing structure mm. from the witch trials mm. um it's also known as the jonathan corwin house obviously we mentioned him before he is one of the figures that is heavily involved in the salem witch trials yeah yeah it is located right in the heart of Salem, and it was the, the former home of the judge, Jonathan Corwin. Um, so I'm going to give you a little bit more about this, this Jonathan character. So he was the heir to a large Puritan fortune in New England, and he used this to purchase that home. Um, he did this in 1675 i believe so he was part of salem and the community for a period leading up to the witch trials which probably leads into why people maybe trusted him a little bit more mm. because he's you know he's a well-known figure yeah yeah you know it's like if the local the man at the local manor house or whatever yes, did, yeah. you know they have a bit of sway yeah um, this home, or the family potentially, uh, hosts their own curse. Yeah. So the home stayed in the family until the mid-1800s, which is a hell of a long time. But the house, like we said, is marked by what is known as the Corwin Curse, in which eight of the family members' lives were lost in premature death from 1684 to 1690. Mm. So six years, yeah. the witch house wit witnessed tragedy after tragedy. Jonathan and Elizabeth Corwin, so that's his wife, had five new children, all of which died young. 
John died at nine weeks, Margaret died at six months, Anna died at 19, and two additional deaths occurred to the children, Jonathan Jr. at three months and Herbert at eight weeks. Um, and this, you know, people say it's almost as if they didn't want any more new new call-in family members coming yeah, yeah. to upset the balance. So, if again, if you are fortunate enough to visit, you may well hear disembodied voices throughout the home. Everyone, I say everyone, a lot of people feel chills crawling up and down their body. People have even claimed to have been touched, pushed, pulled at by yeah. unseen forces. And cold spots in certain areas of the house is really widely spread reported, yeah. which, are, as we know, are real common signs. Yeah, of, of, of haunting, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's also been reports of a voice of a little girl, which some people believe to be the voice of one of the youngest accused of witchcraft, not executed, but accused of witchcraft, and that's a four-year-old girl. God's sake. These people, thick bastards. I mean, I know times are different then, but for Christ's sake. Oh. Strange times. Yeah. Excuse the language, by the way. Now, that is that is the witch's house. I mean, um, it's not greatly reported, the kind of things that go on there, but it is, it is a quite a famous location. It's been in a lot of kind of TV, paranormal TV shows. And, mm. And, yeah, well. and, and and they've all they've all got you know various pieces of evidence from there, nothing really to write home about. But you can't have a home that old and with that much history embedded in it yeah. and not have yes not have something. And that's in any country in the world. Correct. Facts are facts. Fact. Fact. Ipso facto. Vis a vis. So now <coughs> I'll move on to uh, Proctor's Ledge. 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 Mm -hmm. I went to call it Lodge then. Proctor's <laughs> Ledge. So, And this is where I disagree maybe with some of the Sergeant Major's research. Because, yeah, and I love it when we disagree with because, the historian. Because she mentioned that it was Gallows Hill. Yes. So the exact location of the execution of the 19 people that were unfortunately executed has been contested so they a lot of people believed it was at gallows hill which is located located just west of salem yeah but in 2010 there was a bit of a breakthrough and a dedicated team of researchers and historians who are part of salem's local historical society yes, yeah all banded together and to put a rest to the age-old argument and Part of the evidence that helped the historians reach their conclusion mm -hmm. was eyewitness accounts dating back to 1692, okay. which were written, um, and it was about the executions, and it was neighbours right. next to Proctor's Ledge were able to see the hangings directly from their homes, right, okay. and they kept written records of this event. Well, then it happened then. Um and I think I think it was finally concluded by the local historians and researchers yeah. that Proctor's Ledge was the location yeah. of the executions. Now, here's the other thing that I found out doing the research as well is so they would execute them and then just toss the body to a side. They would just leave it outside. Mm. And obviously, the grieving families 
would want to retrieve. Yeah, take the. But they couldn't be seen to do that. Because then they would they they would been tried themselves, you know what you're doing. Yeah, saving, you're taking the taking the body the of the devil. Yeah, would, yeah. So they would do that in the night. Yeah. And and try and rescue the bodies of their loved ones, but trying to do it in a way that they wouldn't be discovered. And yeah. I think that's absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as well in the kind of records of, that people had played about the executions, they would talk about that they would hear cries in the night of families that were collecting oh, their loved ones and the, the so screams sad. and cries and things like that. And they have since uh, built a very, I say, kind of like monument thing to commemorate it. It's It ain't much of a monument. I'll show you it afterwards. Uh, because there's been nothing in, in Salem to commemorate the, the dead. And they did finally build one at Proctor's Ledge. Um, it's nothing to write home about. It looks like a lay-by. Well, that's unusual because, like you say, the entire town is memorabilia and um, it's all so much focused on the witches, yet there's no actual monument, uh, you know, or like you say, a decent one to give the names and dates and... Yeah, it's, um, I'll show you it afterwards. It, it literally looks like a lay-by with a tree in it. Yeah. Awful. Mm. But Proctor's Ledge is notorious, notorious in Salem um, amongst all the locals. The majority of people say that there is a dark energy that stalks that area. People don't like being near that area. Well, it would be. People don't like being near there at night. People walking home by themselves will purposely go a longer route home to avoid walking yeah. past yeah. Proctor's Ledge. And we, I, I can, I can, I can understand that because there's areas in St Osif that we would avoid. Well, we know. Listen, so many people have always said to us that they cross over the road when they get to the cage. They don't want to walk past the house because of uh, the witch's curse there and similar. And people have told me that for years. Or oh, we won't par walk past that house. We cross the road. So yeah, again, we, we are, we've heard this stuff before. But again, if you didn't know, if you didn't know St Osif. You'd trot past yeah. and you probably would be none the wiser. So I think it's a kind of local thing, local law and stuff that you build up. Well, yeah, up, but of it? course, because locals would have seen and had, um, you know, so many locals have said they've seen stuff in the cage, in the windows of the cage and heard screaming from there and all sorts. So, of course, locals would know that. A well, stranger you, you, wouldn't know you that. You have reminded me. I forgot to tell you this. Yeah. I'm going to say maybe two weeks ago. Yeah. This is an exclusive, guys. I drive past the cage every day to go to work. Yeah. Because I stop off at the shop. Yeah. Could be Red Bull and Fags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before he goes to teach the kids. Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. Guy, yeah. Guided by me. Yeah. But every time I do, I drive past and I always... Always look. Well, what a dick because I... You know, I shouldn't take my eyes off the road, but I always do a real tight head turn and look in. And I promise you, my ass fell out onto the seat <laughs> because I drove past. There's no one in there yet. No, there's not no, a soul in no, there. Nobody will be going. I in there promise now. you because in the front room window from the road, you can see straight through. You and, can, yeah. and in the morning, it casts the light casts through. Yeah. So every time I drive through, do you know what I see? The bed stand, yeah, the leaning, bed stand against leaning up against the back the, window. Yeah. I promise you, there was someone stood in the doorway between the hall, like the hall entrance and the front room. There was someone stood there. Oh god! But there ain't a fucker there because let me tell you, it was up past seven in the morning. So even if there was building work, that they ain't that keen. No, no. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'll probably show you. Oh, oh I don't, I don't uh, disbelieve it I at all. I nearly veered off the road, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that did happen, didn't it, a few years oh, ago? Oh, of course it did. Someone um, came straight across the crossroads, did, did literally a 360, which is almost impossible. That's an impossible move. And just drove straight into the side of the house. We never got to the bottom of that. I never knew the fella to speak to him and say, what on earth made you just literally do that type of... Because it was almost as if he was coming in the opposite direction. Yeah. But he did. He did. It was like an, an impossible manoeuvre. An impossible. I mean, and he you didn't hit do anything, it. did he? he didn't, no, he didn't. It didn't. No. He didn't hit another car. He literally was coming in the opposite direction, but ended up facing the other side of the road, inside Apart, the house, wedged in my house. But you would have literally have had to have got the steering wheel and yanked really, really hard, like to the right. Quickly. I don't even know like, even if you did if you like did James if you, if you locked car. the wheel in the opposite direction because that's a small road a you small would road. not have turned you enough have done it. to have God done knows. it. Well, he did obviously, and uh, but it's interesting. Uh, we never got to the bottom of if he'd actually strange but true. If you he'd heard actually it here first. seen anything for the shock to, to him have done that. Another one of these things. We'll I even never know, I but... even think the shock. I promise you, that it's an impossible manoeuvre. Even if in that moment fair, you yeah. could lock it straight to the right. You're right. The road's too small. You would never ever have enough because there's no skid room even no is there? there's nothing and even if he did skid he wouldn't have then come in nose first into yeah because it was it wouldn't have of course, it, it yeah. was his left hand side of the car yeah that went into the house it's a really weird now it's you, very strange i've never really discussed that much but now you're saying that it, it's, it's almost a, impossible it's a, it's i would love someone to try and like try and recreate that because i promise you you couldn't or, or a police person who knows about crashes. I promise say, you, yeah. you could not recreate that at all. Yeah, in my crazy. head, in yeah. my head, listen, I'm not a scientist. I can't tell you, but traffic accident expert. Yeah. But yeah, no, crazy, crazy. Sorry, we digress. With, uh, also, with all of our uh, um, I just want to say as well, he was tested for drugs and alcohol and was absolutely clear. So um, he wasn't under the influence apparently while this took place. So I was told so. Anyway, let's move on. I digress. We're back to Proctor's Ledge now. We're back okay. across the pond. We're back in Salem. Right. Um, again, very well known amongst the locals, there is a lady in white that is seen wandering around the uh, Proctor's Ledge. Yeah. Um, she is seen, though, in some other locations in Salem. I couldn't find out where, but she's seen throughout right. Salem. She usually only manifests for very brief periods of time mm. and then vanishes other people claim to hear disembodied wails and yeah. you know screams and things like that coming from this location which again i get i completely understand mm. another one as well you know this is a classic thing cold spots uh, are reported um there have been several photographs taken i couldn't find them but i've seen people writing about them and they have all said they're very, very strange, very, very odd. They can't explain it. Of these kind of like glowing lights and like hovering orbs kind of things. Um, well, it's just in and amongst spirit manifestation, the... isn't it? It is. It's energy. It's and they do take different forms. So yeah, it's just a manifestation of the the spirits, isn't it? I would say. But um, yeah. So that's kind of a brief. I do want to say there is a book on Salem written by an expert, um, an expert and historian, 
It's uh, by a man called Sam Baltrusis. B-A-L-T-R-U-S-I-S. Baltrus. Baltrus. Um, yeah. And um, What's it called? Don't know. Um, it's just the book of Salem. I think I think it's called Salem or something. Uh, but yeah, that's the author. Um, I saw an interview with him, and it's certainly worth um, giving that a read, or you know, having a because he seems to know what he's talking about. The fella. Oh, it's not Baltrus. It's Baltrusis or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I said. No, B A L T R U S I S. Oh, yeah. oh, that's not your. Oh, listen, right. It's called yeah. a Wicked Wicked Salem. Yeah, that's it, Wicked Salem. Or yeah. there's another one called Ghosts of Salem. Yeah. So worth, um, I mean, I haven't read that book, so I'm not going to say it's amazing, but he certainly seems to know what he's talking about and has got, uh, again, researched, and you know, so he knows his stuff, this fella. He certainly knows a lot more than we do. Yes, he does. Um, a fantastic location, a fantastic story. Well, I say fantastic, it's a, it's a heartbreaking story. It is heartbreaking, it's just... And... But unfortunately, a very, very common story in all places in the world where just loads of innocent people are accused of something which is absolutely bloody ridiculous. I mean, we know it happened in England with with the... Uh, um, I always say, go to say Anthony Hopkins. Um, what is his name? It is Hopkins. Yes. Um, oh, God, I've <laughs> just gone out of my brain because I always think Anthony Hopkins, the actor. Um, which fighter general? Yeah. What's your name? I'm going to have to Google that very, very quickly. I know it. I've got like loads of information on him and it's just literally it's gone, gone from, from my, my brain. Head. Yeah. Sorry, you can, you'll hear me tapping. I'm, t I'm Googling which fighter general. Matthew, Matthew Hopkins. Hopkins. I was just about I, I was just about to say that before it came on a screen. Matthew yeah. Hopkins. Matthew. Yeah. So so we we we've had it and in our, our area and our own well. ghost story is all very very connected with witches, the persecution of yeah. innocent women. Spirits being unrest. Yeah, witches and curses. You know they say the curse was cage. Um the cage was cursed. But I tell you what, if I was Ursula Kemp or one of those other women in there, and I knew I was going to be executed soon, I'd bloody curse the village and, and, and the property as well. Because I would do it. I'm sure I would. Because you, you're so, it's so unfair. It's so, and also, I think, if you know that's what they're terrified of, for your parting shot, oh, I curse you all, I curse the village, I curse the property, who knows if curses work? I think that's... Yeah, listen, I'd give it a go as yeah. well. Yeah. But I think if you knew you were just about to get hung for absolutely no good reason... I think, and, and and we know, listen, some curses stick and some are just... Now, know. I want to know, parting thoughts. Mm. Were <laughs> some witches and some wrongly accused? Were they all witches? Were none of them witches? What's your thoughts? Well, you can't really say that. I mean, I think lots of them were witches, but or, or, or I wouldn't say witches, like healer women. Some of them, I would say, had the skills of healing. Yeah. I mean, they didn't conjure the devil and let black cats drink from third nipples on their body. I don't believe in that. That's just for the movies. But like Ursula Kemp, we know she was a witch. We know she was a healer. We know she um, was a herbalist. We know she did spells. We know that. Um, did she have... So no different from... Just like a healer or a spiritualist. No, but, uh, like a, a, um, a white witch, Wiccan woman. Um, like I'm trying to think how to refer to that as today. You know, it's herbalist. 
Well, well, we we know they didn't bloody kill people. We know that. No, we know but... they couldn't cast a spell and, and and turn you into a frog or cause death by cursing casting a spell, which Ursula Kemp was accused of. Listen, a lot of these women were completely wrongly accused and were just normal people. Some, I believe, yeah, did have the gift or did have the um, the ability for these things, like lots of us do these days. Um, that would have been healers and herbalists. Um, and obviously some were completely innocent. But yeah, I mean, I believe um, that people do have the ability and the power to... But we don't call them witches these days. We have a different... Okay, but, but witchcraft, I know what you're saying, is is a religion. So it's Wicca, Wiccan, a white witch. But again, that's a religion. You know, yeah, that's no, a... No, but it all has its roots. You know, ultimately there wasn't medicine in them days. And, and we know that... A knowledge of herbs and yeah. roots. Yeah, it, it did cure yeah. and help. We know it, that, yeah. It, it would have given help. And that's what these women were. Yeah, they were, yeah. They were a bit before well, a their lot, time. Well, they a, were before well, their a time. lot of. I think potentially, I would wager a guess that none were. And it was a... What do you mean? None were what? None Healers were, or herbalists? No, yeah. No, no one dabbled in anything. And it was a, a mass hysteria. No, but you've just said that we know that you can find cures for these things yeah. from healers and herbalists, but now you've just said that none were. No, but we know in Salem. Can. Oh, in Salem, sorry. I thought you were talking generally right. then for a minute. Jesus. Yeah. Salem. Oh, God, no, Salem. That's sorry, what I said I... to you, final part in faults. Right, right, but you didn't say on... Don't forget, we'd gone on to... Right, okay. Listen you said to me back, you'll hear me say, final thoughts on Salem. Were they well, all witches? Were some witches? Right. Were none witches? Well, listen, I got a bit distracted. But I thought I'm you were saying, talking about in general. I'm witches. saying none. Well, in Salem, none of them. None of them. I'd agree with you. In particular, Salem, this was all about land ownership and about hysteria. And, uh, yeah, I'd say none of them. I know that there is a, a theory bounced about that there was... Because there's a kind of a certain fungus that grows on wheat. Yeah. That induces... Yeah. Those, yeah, and those and especially in, the, of, um, in these times, everyone, everyone. In the case of the children, I would say yeah, they probably had that. Or were they? Do you know, like the the girls that took the pictures with the fairies, just having a laugh. Well, again, the other theory is the children were told to do it because it was opposing families and all the fact they got all their land. Again, so we will never ever. We'll never really know. know. And do you know what? Actually, I think if someone said. If you could pick a kind of haunted location to go back and see the real story, yeah. I think Salem would be it. Yeah, but you're right what you say. So all these four girls displayed these unusual symptoms. So I like you saying the mold, what you just said about the mold or something, which would cause um, probably hallucinogenics and everything. Yeah, all four girls playing together. So it's no, not but, a stretch, but, but it's it a thing. It, but... it would cause it in more than just them four girls. Because you got to think, if it would have been a local farm that it would have happened on, everyone would be eating the flour, the bread, that you know, the subsidence from that, and it would affect the community. And that's mm. what they believe that everyone went yeah. went a bit, bit mad, yeah, bit bad, bit wild. I don't know. It's just a, no. I, I agree with that for the hysteria. I was referring to the the young girls' their initial yeah, symptoms the initial of symptoms. you know being like the exorcist. That there, there possibly could have been something, something medical there that that would have made their meal to display. But did symptoms. you know as well, hysteria is contagious. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. it only took three or four people 
And then before you know it, everyone's, everyone's gone wild. Everyone's buying into it. Yeah, of course, yeah. So and uh, and it was fear in those days as well. Of everyone was terrified. Of everyone that type was of very god fearing. Yeah, and, and the, the devil and witchcraft. You know, it, he was out to get everyone. Because people really believed that stuff then. It wasn't just you know. But hey, well, we live and we learn and we well. I say we live in better times. <laughs> well, <Where> we've <laughs> there's pros and cons. <laughs> we've gone from accusing witches and we persecute different people now. Yeah. Uh, not to get political. Still persecuting though, yeah, we, we, we still do. We, we still wrongly persecute everybody else, but just not for witchcraft. Mm. And on that note, good night. Good night.